When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are now entering Odyssey Station. Please remain seated until docking is complete. Odyssey, dare to wonder. Hey, you're listening to Mark Who 42. My name's Louise Jameson and I played Leela way back when God was a boy. Welcome to Mark Who 42. Tonight, our special guests are Salt and Pepper. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. This is, this is Eduardo and Fryer. Welcome to Mark Who 42 here on Odyssey Radio. Uh, that was my, well, subpar Patrick Stewart impression. Lame. Yeah, I just, wanted to, I, just, I just wanted to do my best Patrick Stewart voice and go, Salt and Pepper. Because... <laughs> Dang it, how can you not be amused, especially in this day and age, trying to put on your best Patrick Stewart voice and go, salt and pepper. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, that is definitely not what this episode is about. Um, but it's funny, we should bring up Patrick Stewart because, hey, if you listen to our, uh, our last episode where we talked about uh, what's going on coronavirus-wise, uh, Trish did let you guys know that uh, we would be reviewing Star Trek Picard. In fact, actually, uh, hmm, is Trish here with me today? I don't know. Um, what do you think, Trish? I don't know. I don't know if I'm anywhere anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what day is it? What time is it? It is. is, is uh, it, are we are we in April yet? Are we in May? I don't know. Uh, we're we're in something. We're in something. We're we're in the middle of something. But yeah. But you know what? It's not just Trish and I. Although I wouldn't mind if it was just Trish and I. We do have somebody else here. Uh, who else is joining us? Um, Zion Kiros. See, see, see how bad it is. Zion is even sure who he is. I'm wow. Sure. This, this is how I, bad. I might be am Android or not. I can't tell anymore. Oh man. Oh dark. Isn't, isn't the synth band? Isn't the synth band still on? Oh man. Starfleet security all over us. Darn it! Darn it, Zion. <laughs> ah. Ah, but yeah, it's the three of us today. Uh, Mark is still in his uh, in his assignment, exile, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he is definitely not uh, in a box that we have uh, 
locked up somewhere in uh, either Trisha I's basement or Zion's basement. In fact, actually, I don't even think any of us have basements, do we? I know no. you and I. Yeah, yeah, you and I. I know you and I, uh, Trish, don't have a basement, but Zion has something. Uh, unless college apartments have all uh, have basements, then sure. Oh, okay. Well, but 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 they do have storage, so you yes. probably have him in storage. Mark's in storage right now. Uh, anyone <laughs> anyone who shares anyone who shares the building with Zion, if you're hearing like a a thump in a box and a oh, let me out of here, just ignore it. <laughs> it's a doll. It's definitely not our uh, our showrunner Mark. It's a doll. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what it is. Anyway, now that I've just uh, officially creeped things out. Uh, so yeah, today we are doing uh, Star Trek Picard, which uh, came out on CBS All Access earlier this year. Uh, only 10 episodes, but you know what? This is a streaming show, so that's that's normal for things to have like just 10, epi- 10 to 13. But for those, uh, for those who don't know, Star Trek Picard, uh, yeah, it picks up uh, about... 20 to 30 years from Next Generation. And, uh, you know, as, as the title, it follows uh, Jean-Luc Picard after he comes out of retirement. Um, I know, Zion, how much, of, how much do you know of Next Gen? I've seen it all. Ooh, okay, so... I, I've seen, like, three episodes or something. Yeah. I don't know. I know, I showed you Encounter at Farpoint. So you saw, you definitely saw the first episode. And did we... Did we watch... <laughs> And somehow I ended up seeing the very last episode on accident on BBC America. I didn't, I didn't even know it was the last episode until the end. And you told me when you came in and saw I was watching it, you're like, oh, that's the last episode. <laughs> yeah. And then, did, and then did we watch the Robin Hood episode together? Or was it one of those things where I was watching it, but you were busy doing something else? Yeah, I think you were watching it and I came in partway or something. And yeah, I didn't really get a chance to watch it. Yeah. So, but you've seen you've seen a little bit, um, Zion. You've seen it all. Have you, Zion? Have you seen all of the next gen movies? I have not watched Nemesis yet, but I do know the meat of it. Ooh. Okay. So, but you saw Generations, First Contact, Insurrection. Yes. Yeah. Which Insurrection, Generations, and Insurrection. You don't need to have seen those to get Picard. I would say of the two that you could watch them and maybe understand a little bit of what's going on in Picard are First Contact and Nemesis. Yes. Nemesis especially because, well, that's, yeah, that was when uh, Data, Data was cut off. Yeah, that's when Data dies. First Contact, well, I would say because, yeah, that's that's more about the Borg. In fact, I think, uh, yeah, Picard, Star Trek Picard was your first uh, introduction to the Borg, wasn't it, Trish? Yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> but um, but I will say that one thing I'll say right off the bat. Uh, I mean, Trish, were you able to follow everything that was going on with Star Trek Picard? No, I mean, I didn't. I was worried that I would have, you know, I would need to have seen Next Gen to know what was going on, but I didn't. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I guess it would have helped to know that certain, who certain characters were, but. It, you know, make me enjoy the show any less. And I had at least seen a couple of episodes, so I had I knew who certain people were. You know, yeah. like Troy and Riker. Yeah, when they showed up, I'm like, oh, I know who they are. Yeah, you know, Troy and Riker, Data. 
data, you, you know, I, I mean, I, even if I think even if you didn't watch Next Gen, you still people still know who Data is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's been there's there's been enough in the internets that uh, that yeah, it's not that not that confusing. But I would say definitely that is one of the pluses um, for you know for Star Trek Picard, which is that. You don't, I mean, you could go in cold or almost cold and still be able to follow what's going on. It it does have little Easter eggs here and there for the Next Gen series. Like, um, I think of episode one, when Picard goes to, like, his, what looks like his personal archives at Starfleet. And one of the things you see is the Captain Picard Day banner, which there was an episode of Next Gen that actually featured Captain Picard Day, complete with that banner, which, by the way, I just got to say, it's really great that uh, the Captain Picard Day banner was apparently rescued from the Enterprise D after it crashed in Generations. I am I am surprised that he, he, he even kept it, considering how um, impersonal um, Picard is. Although that's the thing, because in the series, it he does touch on the fact that he has been kind of impersonal, and that he's trying to kind of get away from that, like that he's kind of grown out of that. Because, I mean, he does he does talk about that and yeah. kind of about how, you know, he's he's trying to be a little different. So, so how do you feel about the type of bleak tone that um, the Picard timeline sets up in the Star Trek universe? It, yeah, I mean, it is kind of bleak because of the... Uh, I mean, is it is it very bleak on Earth? I don't think it is. It's not really bleak on on Earth per se, but like things with with like the band and and, and stuff, and 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 I'm starting to turning a am I on of the Romulans in a time of need. But like, it's just a question. Yeah, you know, and it's. I hate to say this, but I bet most of the world and stuff are not they don't even know what's going on you know it's kind of like you know it's more centralized to a group of people that you know i mean how many romulans are actually on earth i mean i know that picard had two uh people that worked for him that were zaban uh zaban and laris i believe her name is i mean are are there a lot of Romulans still living on Earth? No. Well, like, where, like, I was trying to get with this was that, uh, you might see it when, when I explain it, was that the way that Picard is written, it, it mirrors kind of like how things are right now. And that's the thing that Star Trek has, has always done. And if you've been going on on the internet and, and such, you, you, you would notice that a lot of people's criticism about Picard right now is that it is too bleak and 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 not so you uh, a utopian the way that people re uh, remember Starfleet, and like the the type of tone it has is is really unique and I think the most Star Trek out of a, a lot of series in in terms of in terms of that so societies can step backwards, and that maybe Starfleet wasn't always what um. Picard thought it was. Maybe that Picard was the overall shining gleam version of Starfleet. And this series, in my opinion, shows that things can take a step back, but there is always light at the end of the tunnel. 
I like how you say that, Zion. Um, it does feel a little bleaker, a little darker, but it's interesting because they actually even acknowledge that this is a little darker than you're used to because uh, Picard, when he was ha when he had that interview in episode one, he said, "That is not Starfleet." When right. he refers to the fact that Starfleet, after uh, after what happened on Mars was like, you know what, maybe we're, maybe we don't want to go and, uh, you know, do a mass evacuation right now, you know, maybe we're kind of, maybe we should be busy, you know, doing some other stuff, and, you know, besides, it's, it's, it's the Romulans, you know? Maybe because I haven't watched a lot of Star Trek, it felt a little bleak to me, but it didn't feel overwhelmingly bleak, yeah. so I, I don't know, it just, um, I just thought it was an interesting situation with the that was going on and you know i mean i did like the way that picard was treated by the reporter you know because i mean it just i don't know i don't know the whole history of everything but um mm -hmm. it feels like it was a commentary you know today of of the media trying to sensationalize absolutely everything yeah. you know and but i liked how um how he's just so willing to help anyone that comes to him yeah. yeah, I mean this this girl shows up at his at his vineyard and is just like, you know, I'm in trouble. I keep seeing your face. I don't know what to do, and he just is immediately okay. Let's figure this out. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 basically Picard in a nutshell. It's you know, uh, someone's in trouble. I'm gonna help them. I'm not gonna. I'm not just gonna abandon them. I do like. Um, the characters, you know, the you have the two sisters. You have uh, Daj and Soji, and I like how the you know the actress. I got to give the actress credit that she plays them so differently. Yes. You know, they they both you know they both feel like like uh, you know I mean for all the similarities and for the fact that they're twins. I like how the actress played it that, you know, there, there's even just so, so much difference. Like before, before the stuff starts happening, uh, Soji is actually seems a little bit more confident than Dodge. And, you know, she seems a little bit more put together, you know, it's just as things start happening, you know, then she starts coming unglued. Interesting. You have, um, Picard's two, there's Picard's two, uh, the two Romulans that live with him, Zavon and uh, Laris. First of all, I love the interactions, you know, especially Laris, because she's just all, you know, what, do you, what, do you, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Wait, you want to go into space? How are you going to get into space? You know, uh, something that I got to give the series credit for. Before Picard came out, there was actually a prequel comic that IDW brought out. There was. And it actually takes place, I think, about a decade or so before the events of Picard. And we actually see how Picard met uh, Zaban and Laris. Oh, wow. We actually see how he, how he were friends. And the other thing we see is we get to see a younger version of Raffi. You know, we actually get to see her when she was serving under Picard. And that's one of the things, I mean, it's not just the fact that, uh, you know, Trish, you never really watched that much of Next Gen you were going in cold and yet you were still able to follow. It's same thing in this case, because, you know, not everybody is going to read the comics from IDW. 
but they were still able to introduce Raffi and introduce the Romulans, you were still able to follow. It wasn't yes. like, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, you know, I haven't, I haven't read this comic, so I don't know, what are these two Romulans doing here? Although I admit I was a little confused at first because um, Romulans and Vulcans look the same to me. And I'm just like, I'm like, but they, ha but they have emotions. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, know? no, they were, they were, yeah, they were, well, I did, I did have to explain to Trish that, yeah, Romulans and Vulcans are related. They're, they're I feel like I'm, I feel like my geek card is in more danger of getting taken away now. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine. It happens. I mean, you know, look, look, there's no, yeah, no, no. I mean, you know. And Eddie, Eddie, you pointed out to me that there's actually a Doctor Who connection. In oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Laris. Did Zion, did Zion catch it? Yeah. Did you catch the Doctor Who connection? No, where? Okay, Laris, uh, the Romulan that uh, manages uh, Picard's household. Mm -hmm. That's Tasha Lem. Wait, really? Oh wow! And for, and, and for everyone who's listening, who not may not remember who Tasha Lem is, explain who she is. Yeah, that's uh, Tasha Lem. She is head of the uh, head of the papal mainframe. Uh, she showed up in Time of the Doctor, and she had you know the papal mainframe had a connection to the Silence, the the big enemies for uh, Matt Smith's time on Doctor Who. And when I saw her, her in Picard, I didn't recognize her from Doctor Who. I didn't recognize, I didn't know where I knew her from, but I just knew that I had seen her in something <laughs> else. And by the way, there's, there's, a, there's, another, there's another connection, by the way, besides oh, Doctor Who. Besides Doctor Who, there's another connection. Uh, one of the characters in the show is a Starfleet, uh, a Starfleet officer, Commodore O. And she is played her actress, um, Tamlin Tomita. She was actually uh, Ralph Macchio's love interest in Karate Kid Two. Yes, you told me that. I, I was I was shocked because yep. So we got yeah we we got we got Doctor Who we got Karate Kid uh, you know so yeah we got hey Picard, Picard actually connects to anybody playing six degrees from whatever there you go we've connected Picard to the Karate Kid franchise the uh, the Doctor Who franchise. You know, Brent Spiner and uh, Jonathan Frakes and Marina Certe are, are in the show, too. So that connects to Gargoyles and Young Justice and NCIS and, you know, and of course, all the stuff that Patrick Stewart connects to. So, hey. Yeah. And Allison Pill, she connects to Scott Pilgrim. And oh, yeah, there you go. And Horror Story and yeah. other stuff, too. So, I mean, yeah. Which, by the way, I like, I like her character, uh, Agnes Gerardi. Picard surrounds himself with ex-Starfleet, and then there's uh, Elnor, that Romulan uh, samurai type. But then here's, you know, Agnes Gerardi, that she just works for the Daystrom Institute, and it's like, hey, can I come along? Because, you know, we're, we're dealing with synthetics, you know, and that's one of the things I've worked on. So, hey, you know, can I, can I join you? And it's like, okay, sure, why not? But uh, I also like I also like the the arc that her character goes through because she seems like you know so perky and upbeat and then then we kind of see that she got her she got her mind messed up by uh, Commodore O and that kind of messes her up and then she tries to tries to redeem herself if not uh, if not I I don't uh, I don't know do we would, would we say it's successful or would we say she still needs work. He needs to go to jail. 
that's the only thing that was in my mind at at end of of the season. Is she going to go to jail? Yeah. Because like well, or not, like, like um, this is the um kind of like like the same predicament that you have with with, with um parallax how uh, uh, uh how Jordan. It wasn't really him that did it, but he still did it. So yeah. does he still have to pay for it? Yes. And that's where I kind of stand with her. Regardless if, if like she was still controlled or not, she just needs to go to jail. Okay. Well, I th- that's, you know, that, see, that, that is one of those things that, truth be told, is kind of at the heart of Star Trek, which is like, you know, having to, having to like get a dilemma and go, okay, how do we solve this? And it's like, yeah, uh, should she go to jail or not for what, uh, for what happened? Like, should she be held responsible for what happened to Bruce Maddox or should she, uh, you know, should she be given a pass because Commander O, you know, mind broke her? Right. I mean, what do you, what do you think, Trish? Jail or no? Gosh, it's hard because I don't know. You know, it's like on one hand she did do it, but on the other hand she was totally manipulated. So, yeah, I don't know. I think not. I mean, it was, I mean, uh, she did it, but it was, she thought she was doing the right thing. Well, she was manipulating to thinking she was doing the right thing. So, I mean, a, a case, a case could be made that this was, uh, you know, that she was coerced into it. That really, if anybody deserves to be locked up for it, it would be Commodore O. Because yeah. she was exactly. the one who kind of, she was the one who mind meld with her. She was the one that put that thought in her head. Speaking yeah. of which, um, oh, was a Romulan, right? Yeah. yeah so, she was, I think they said, what they said was she was half. She was okay, half Vulcan, so, half Romulan. Okay. Because, okay. like, I, because if I'm not wrong, uh, forgive me if I haven't seen Discovery yet, but um, I think, I think this series is what the first of the show a non-Rom, uh, a non-Romulan, I mean, a, a non-Vulcan mind meld with someone. Because, um, um the, I think um, well, so you, I so you yeah. mind melded. Yeah, I think. Well, again, I think she's half Vulcan, so she would still be, you know, so that would still be in there. No, the the hold on the um, um android, the uh, one that's that's um, um Soji's sister, but oh like the, yeah, yeah, the other, yeah, the other, uh, the other android, the other, uh, the one that the one that looks like Soji, but except full full-on data-esque so based on her wouldn't this make like the first non-vulcan mind meld that we've seen that that might be it that this is the first non because i know that i know that we've seen a non-vulcan nerve pinch yes because data picard's did that. done it too i think yeah i think well did picard, did picard do it i can't remember but yeah and we know that we know that we've seen a non-vulcan do a, uh, a nerve pinch but we haven't seen uh, i think yeah that might be the first mind meld you might be right, Zion. That might that 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 might be worth uh, worth looking into, because yeah, I I really haven't seen Discovery either. I mean, there there you go. If anybody wants to try and go for my geek card, they do that. Because yeah, I I haven't watched Discovery either. Um, I think we caught what was it, Trish? We caught what was it? The first episode when they showed it on uh, on regular CBS. I think so. If they showed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah we they they made it free, and we watched the first one. Yeah, and and well, like I gotta be, gotta be totally honest. That really didn't sell me on like grabbing CBS All Access. So, 
Well, you know, supposedly it's supposed to get a lot better because everyone of our yeah. friends. Is, yeah, it's it gets better. It gets better. Yeah. I hope yeah. so because I, I got to admit when I saw the the Klingons redesigned, I'm like, okay, yeah, I just kind of rolled my eyes and said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna keep going this way. Okay, fine. But um, but yeah, but going back to Picard, Agnes Gerardi. I mean, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see when season two comes out what her status is. I wouldn't be surprised if she's not going to prison. If instead, you know, Picard finagled something. Either, either they kept, either they kept Bruce Maddox's death under wraps, which would be interesting uh, if that's the case, or you know, Picard finagled something and maybe she's part of the La Serena crew as kind of like work release, you know, or like a probation thing, but we'll see. And uh, actually on that note, uh, we got to go to commercial. So uh, this is Marku 42 on uh, Odyssey radio. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back after these messages. And you know what, just, just to make sure we're back. uh, I think I'm going to see if we can connect to a Borg uh, transwarp conduit. Just going to need to run the numbers here. Uh, Somebody remind me to get a uh, an emergency engineering program or just need to find the button. Is it this one? Oh, I can't remember. It's right there. Computer activate emergency navigational hologram. There, that should work. Marku 42's universe has a deal for you. We've teamed up with Audible Books to get you a free audiobook and two free Audible originals for the first month of membership with Audible from Amazon. After that, it's only $14.99 per month for three audiobooks. There is no contract, and you can cancel anytime you like. Just go to your web browser and type in www.audibletrial.com slash marku42. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash markwho42. You'll have hours of listening pleasure, but listen to us first. We'll be back with more of Mark Who 42's universe here on Odyssey Radio. You are listening to Mark Who 42's universe on Odyssey Radio. So that's when I told him, you know, there are certain benefits to being uh, 12 light years away from the heart of Federation space. We then toasted with the Romulan ale and kept going. Oh, wait, we're back. Okay. Ha, sorry about that. Uh, don't mind me. We're back from commercial. I uh, finished eating some Klingon food. It's currently being dragged down to my stomach. So if I happen to have some gas, uh, you know, during the episode, apologies, because dang it, that stuff uh, does not go down easy. Was it Gach? May have been Gach. I know it didn't have feet. Probably was Gach. Anyway, so if you're just joining us here on Odyssey Radio, we have been reviewing Star Trek Picard season one. A little darker than uh, what you might be used to if you're a classic Trek fan. But in many ways, I still think it feels like classic Trek. It's just a little not as bright, which is ironic because there's still lens flare. (laughs) Jeez. Yow. I mean, honestly, guys, I know that Abrams didn't work with this. Abrams didn't do this this, uh, series, but still with the lens flare. Oi, with the lens flare. So speaking of... um, um violence um we need to, to talk about um seven of nine. Ooh, seven of nine i still remember when the uh when the show was being announced and they showed that seven of nine was going to be a part of things i was like wow that that is even see because i 
it, so it was called Star Trek. It was called Star Trek Picard, so it seemed like the focus would be on Patrick Stewart's character. But seeing that Seven was going to be a part of it, I was like, oh wow, bonus. Can I ask Especially... a stupid question? Yes. <laughs> Why is she called Seven of Nine? Because she's ex Borg, and that was her Borg designation. Like her birth name is, I believe, uh, Annika Hansen. Yes. But my guess is, even though she's no longer part of the collective, she's just spent so long that she identifies more as Seven of Nine. It's like. Oh. Um, well, I will it's like, accept your explanation for now. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, it's like that uh, that character, Hugh, the one who was uh, part of the Borg Reclamation Project. His Borg designation was third of five, but the name Hugh, came, that's what the uh, the Enterprise crew gave him. What I think of it is that they are, um, it's not as converted, oh my goodness, it's assimilated in, in like groups of course like of course the borg are um a, a a whole planetary group thing but like I, i'm assuming that they take them in, in groups so like i'm i'm assuming that like it's like first of fifth second of fifth third of five fourth of five and fifth of five it, for a group of five right and, and then she just ended up being being the seventh one of a group of nine at least that's how i think of it that is a good possibility. The head canon that uh, friends of mine and I had was that basically Borg, like the Borg have their hive mind, but then there's kind of little groups, like little groups within that hive mind that have specific tasks or specific things to do. And then that's where you get your number. Okay. You know, like uh, Zion is two of 10. And so like your group of 10 is like in charge of engineering. So, oh, you know, that's okay. what you're doing. Something, something like that. I mean, I, I'm, who knows? I mean, this is something that, uh, you know, this is something that, I don't know, maybe, maybe the writers will come up with something at a later date, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's my theory. Icheb, the way that he was killed off was just out of uh, the blue. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, the fact that, the fact that that's the first the first time we see him is getting tortured to death, which it's a shame. It's a shame that the character got returned, you know, just long enough to get uh, to get killed off. I mean, especially in that fashion, it's it's you know we're we're talking about the darker um, aspects of this show compared to regular Star Trek, and that right there, that they introduce a uh, an old character, and it's like in his introduction, he's just getting like tortured to death he's gonna you know like, what, what i was thinking was that if you could compare this to doctor who next gen would be like doctor who and picard is like torchwood that sounds about right that's a good no that that's good it ain't your ain't your daddy's uh sci-fi show you know no. it takes place in the same universe but you know we're gonna go hardcore yeah, yeah that is, that that is a good one that is definitely yeah, a good especially one. When they, especially when they started, you know, using some colorful language. I'm like, oh, I that, yeah. I don't think that was in the original show. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. I actually, I remember, I remember seeing like articles and stuff where people were like, what? What? They're swearing in the Star Trek universe? You know, Roddenberry must be spinning in his grave, which, truth be told, yeah, he probably is spinning in his grave. But at the same time, it does, it, it kind of adds like, well, first of all, this isn't the first instance of swearing in Star Trek because Data dropped uh, an S-bomb in Generations. And a double dumbass on you. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The colorful, yeah, the uh, the colorful metaphors in Star Trek Four. There you go. I don't, I don't, I'd almost forgotten about that. But yeah, the there there. This was not the first time seeing like a couple of f bombs. That yeah, that was kind of like whoa. Wait a minute. Holy cow. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And um. They dropped it twice, like a, a episode after episode too. Yeah. Like yeah. out of ten episodes, we have what I think three. So technically, a thirty percent of enough bomb isn't really that bad. But personally, like I don't know if like families still still watch Star Trek together. But if this is a question for y'all, I'm guessing if you, I guess, um, if y'all had children, how how would you feel about you watching Star Trek with your kids, and then that happened? It would be a shock. Like it would definitely be a shock to me. I mean, I the way I was raised, it's like we watched movies that, you know, there could be some uh, foul language, but um, basically my parents were just like, yeah, don't repeat that. You know, although it would... I, I, don't, I mean, in all honesty, kids hear worse at school. True, yeah. Yeah, it is kind of a fact that, yeah, it's kid, kids will hear worse at school, but, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, as a parent, I mean, just as long as you go, hey, you know, don't repeat that, you know, don't, don't go, you know, don't go, you know, if like, you know, if like you're, you're having a problem in class, don't like, you know, look at your teacher and go, what effing hubris. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Somebody, a Starfleet Admiral may say that, but you're not a Starfleet Admiral. <laughs> at least not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I was just going to say, not, not yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> The other thing as far as like the violence first of all i was really happy to see hugh show up you know like uh it was i mean yeah i already knew he was coming because they said you know that the actor said he was going to be reprising the role but yeah his death i was just like damn man i mean first first we get it each uh, tortured to death and then hugh getting getting stabbed and then basically like on his, you know, as as uh, Elmor is holding him, just being like, how was I so wrong? You know, just basically dying, not really feeling very good. I was just like, wow, that is, again, just really hardcore. And holy cow, you know, going out, going out like that. It's like, I know. man. I was starting to get, I was starting to get anxious when, uh, yeah. when uh, Riker showed up. And <laughs> I, what's the, what's the name of his, of his wife of, Oh yeah, Again. Riker and Troy. Riker and yeah. Deanna Troy. Yeah. But I'm just like thinking, gosh, I really hope that it's not like what they did in Star Wars, where if you show up and you're from the old series, oh, no. you better watch. You better watch your back because <laughs> <laughs> you know you can get you can get offed at any minute now. You know, and so I was like going, oh please, I don't want to watch this if you know they're just going to start killing off um, old cast members. You know, just to try to make you feel something. You yeah. know. Well, well, so, although, well, fortunately, uh, fortunately, Riker and Troy are still around. Um, they did add a little bit of angst because um, in between their last appearance and um, Picard, they had a child, Thaddeus, that uh, apparently died from some disease. And if synthetics were still around, they could have done something. But, you know, unfortunately, because there was the synthetic ban, Riker did get to do what I'm affectionately calling, you know, Picard's portal scene, where he shows up with uh, the Armada, 
Orlando. He pulled a Lando. He pulled a Lando. <laughs> yep. He pulled a he pulled a Lando. But uh, you know that that scene actually in the last episode. What I thought was kind of cool was that it subverted the idea of like a portal scene. Like, yeah, he's supposed to be, you know, here's Riker with the fleet. And it's like, yes, the day is saved. But that didn't solve the problem. Instead, you just had a Mexican standoff where the Romulans were like, uh, we're going to blow the planet up now. And Riker's like, uh, no, you're not. It's like, uh, yes, we are. No, you're not. And there's Picard like, oh, how do I solve this? It's like, we're trying to avoid the interstellar war part of this whole thing. So it was kind of interesting that we had Riker coming in to save the day, but it's like, uh, not quite. Really not done yet. It just felt so good to see Riker with four pips just once. Oh, yeah. So good. Now, whatever that monster thing that was coming through the portal. Oh, those weird snake-like thingies? Yeah, so technically the Romulans were... were, uh, all were correct. So does that make everything here almost justified besides the fact that, that the synthetics chose not to do it, but they actually had a reasoning and a, a valid point to like actually annihilate them? I'm going to say no, because the thing, I think the thing with the, uh, with the synthetics and with the, um, you know, with that, the beacon and the thing that led to the, um, what, what do you call it? The admonishment or something? Yeah, destroyer or something. The know. destroyer or something. Like, that's one of those things where it's like, well, first of all, the only reason that we had, that there was the idea of the destroyer was because a group of Romulans picked up a message that was not for them. That the admonishment was more for other synthetics to go, hey, uh, you know, if there's bad stuff, if there's bad stuff happening to you, give us a call. And we'll come help you. And you know, if this, if the, you know, if the organics are being all like, well, we're gonna kill you because you're not the same, then we're gonna go back you up. You know, it was the fact that a message got totally misinterpreted, and the fact that um, Soji, you know, Soji's sister. Uh, I keep, uh, I don't want to say Soji. I know it's something else. Geez, uh, uh, Sutra. That was her name. Wonder if her, wonder if her sister was named Karma. <laughs> they're not they're not that bad are they um but yeah the fact that sutra was all just well we're gonna call in these advanced synthetics and they're gonna wipe you all out because you know you're a bunch of prejudicial jerks so wipe out time um you know it's one of those things where with the romulans they misinterpreted the message and with the with the sutra you know, and those that decided to follow her, it was, let's take it to the extreme. Let's take it to the, instead of the, well, we're just going to leave. It's the, okay, we're going to wipe you out. There's nobody that's like totally in the wrong, but nobody's totally right. Right. Like that, that's what, that, that's how I'm going to, that, that's how I, I would see it. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think, Trish? I think the right decision was made, you know, like, yeah, basically, you know, shut down the beacon and everybody go home you know but um i i want to know what that thing was it was trying to come through the portal yeah i wonder what that was where that comes from and since we saw it it's you know we gotta it's gotta come back yeah so i mean hey that there's something for season two or season three you know because it's still going everything's still going 
Do you know what I think it is? What? I think it's V'ger. V'ger. It, it um, might be V'ger. Really? Maybe, but then again, then again, because the thing is, is that the Romulans saw the admonishment, like, I think it was a couple of hundred years ago. Oh, good point. Well, time travel. But I mean, it right. could be. Yeah, it it could You're be. Right. Okay, it, so just throw the mind out the window then. Well, no. Right. I mean, it, okay. You could still be right. You could still be right. Vijer could have sent the admonishment. Uh, it lands in Romulan space. The Romulans find it. Um, then Vijer comes. Then around Kirk's time, Vijer comes. You know, Vijer actually shows up in Federation space. We got the events of the we got the events of Star Trek the Motion Picture. We don't know what happened to Viger after. It just you know when Ilea and Decker did their merging thing. Uh, you know we don't know what happened after. It just disappeared. So it could be back over in you know the the other side of the universe, simply just waiting to see what happens with with uh, with the synthetics. So you could still be right. You could still be right in what showed that those tendrils could belong to, you know, whatever V'ger is now. Until then, I apologize in, in pulling a William Shatner, but instead of the Borg, it is this thing. Here's the thing, though, because it could still be related to the Borg. And, you know, there could be a reason why. I mean, here's the thing. Bringing something back like the Borg, you know, and then having this thing with the synthetics, they're, you know... This this could be. I mean, they, there could still be a connection between everything. I mean, so, um, I I know that I know that Shatner in his books actually connected Beecher to the Borg, but there's still there's an opening. There is an opening, uh, for that connection to be like officially canon. Possibly. The door is still open. It hasn't been closed. Okay, so I have a question. Um, what is one thing that you would have wanted in uh, this season? The that you didn't get. I don't have an answer for this because I don't know the original show. <laughs> so that's fair. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of of characters or things that people would have liked to have seen come back. That's basically my answer. That I would have. It would have been cool. Like yeah, we got Riker and Troy. It would have been cool to follow up with Jordy and you know maybe Miles O'Brien. Worf, you know, uh, Doctor Crusher, like I would say, of the characters we didn't see that I would that I would love to have seen this season or even see back, I would love to see. I would have loved to have seen Doctor Crusher, especially because she and Picard had a connection. But fortunately, that's that's one of the things that's great about Picard getting another season is we can always revisit these characters. And truth be told, I mean, yeah, we didn't get, there are a few next-gen people that we haven't touched base with. But there's a part of me that's like, you know what? I'm happy with what we got. Because also it's like, do we, you know, I mean, do we want like a really good series or do we want it to be like, you know, old home week? Right. Where it's like, hey, look, here's what this guy's doing. Here's what she's doing. You know, it's one of those things where, if you do a good job, you could end up with what we got, which was, yeah, you bring some old characters back, we find out what they've been doing, but you've got a good story attached to it. If you do it horrible, it just becomes Easter Egg City with no real, like, big plot going on. It did let Mark out of the box, 
for a little bit. Uh, and we did talk about Picard and he did say that, he did say that, uh, you know, he would have liked Q to make a comeback. And, you know, honestly, I, that, that's also one where I'd be curious to see what, uh, what Q would do like in the world of Picard. So, and you know, who knows? I mean, maybe if John Delancey's willing and they come up with a good story, you know, he could always make a comeback. I'm going to be completely honest. I hate Q episodes, but not because really? they're bad. It's just because I just find the character so annoying to deal with. Hmm. That well, it just, I always... It's just a drag to sit through four or five minutes of them just dealing with a, 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 a semi-god just toying with them just because. Yeah, well, I, I think I would say that uh, I feel like Q is one of those things that needs to be used like sparingly. Yes. Like if he takes like like if he doesn't show up until season three or season four, I don't have a problem with it. Because yeah, you know, he, he needs to be used. You need to figure out like a great like I think like I like how he was used in, in Encounter at Farpoint and in all good things. You know, it's kind of just this judgmental thing that just is willing to, you know, lord it over what he considers to be a lesser a lesser race. But, you know, it would be interesting just at least to touch base, you know, uh, and provided you find a great way to do it. I think, though, one thing, one thing I do want to touch on, because he's at the heart of the series, if it, you know, when one could argue even more so than Picard, or at least the same, and that would be Data. His legacy and his influence basically... Um, you know that it was all over the series. It was practically the the identity of of the season. Oh yeah, and I mean just his just with, I mean there was the dream sequences with Picard, and then there was just the fact that even when we don't see him, you know his how he affected uh, Soji without her even meeting him, like you know and just the way people talk about him like. For example, Kestra, uh, Riker and Troy's daughter, you know, her talking about Data and what she's heard about Data from her parents. I mean, that was, and I got to say, though, the last episode, that final scene, first of all, where Data and Picard are talking and, you know, Data kind of reveals that Picard uh, gets to survive his brain... uh, his brain tumor or, or abnormality or whatever they call it. I was almost in tears. I was in tears. And it's I like, mean, that, that was in tears. Yeah. And, and I, I have, I have to admit, I do have to admit as I'm watching that scene, especially when data talks about, Oh, is this a simulation? I couldn't help but think of Harry Potter and, uh, and the um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Like, I was expecting some variation of, of course it's in your head, Harry, but why should that make it not real? Like, I was, I was waiting for, like, the data thing of, this is a simulation, Captain, but it can also be real. You know, that, that kind of thing. I, I was kind of waiting for that moment, but I think the, the part that, like, all but destroyed me had to be, like, right after when Picard revives... And then he and um, he and Doctor Soon and Doctor Gerardi are like 
kind of, you know, holding that service for data as he kind of shuts it off. And then you just have data lying on the couch, Picard holding his hand, you're hearing blue skies and data just like aging like that and the thing just fading. I I was just like, damn it. Um, uh, shoot, I'm, I'm crying. Yeah. Like, yeah, it got me. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, and I don't even really have an um, emotional attachment to these characters yet. And here I am, you know, yeah. yep. crying like a baby. Yep. And it's like, and, and it's something, and it's something like for me, it kind of reminds me of watching Up, the movie Up, because you get the first five minutes of the movie and you get that whole silent montage with Carl and Elle. And then she passes away and you're just like, you're just like bawling your eyes out <laughs> and then you get the rest of the movie and then you get that image of the house and the waterfall and it's like here they come again here come the tears again it's like it, it felt like that it's like you get this this poignant goodbye between picard and data picard wakes up he's in the golem body and then blue skies there's data on the couch and it's like and we're not done yet but um, I was reading on IMDb that Brent Spiner said, you know, he did like, Brent Spiner has officially said he's done with data. Like, that's it. No more data. And I got to say this scene, it feels like, it feels like a, it's, it's a, it's a good, it's a good goodbye. It is you know, a very good one. It's it... a very good, it's a very goodbye. And if the door is closed on data, I'm like, you know what? This is sad. This is incredibly sad, but you know what? It's I'm I'm good with it. I'm fine with it. Well, at least Brent Spiner can still be on the show since he played the other part of. His oh yeah, since he plays brother. yeah, since he plays soon. Um, yeah. interest. I mean, I, and it's interesting because they do have um, they like they do have. It's one of those things where like yeah, he plays. It's the door is open for it. I mean, they they kind of hint that soon had had done that he had created the golem body for himself but um you know but whatever is afflicting him we don't have a time like a time frame so it is still possible for him to come back uh who knows we may have to have you know the death of soon so it'll be like well grab the tissues we're going for it again but you know, for now, the door is open. Just like uh, I think the whole thing with putting Picard in that golem body, one of the things I like is it's kind of like when they gave uh, the doctor a new set of regenerations and he regenerated into Capaldi. We, this kind of puts it at a, we don't know. Like, Picard is no longer dying. You know, I mean, yeah, he's he's an old man. 94 holy crap 94 yeah although although here's the thing because dr mccoy lived to at least 130 something okay like when dr mccoy showed up in encounter at farpoint he got there naturally like he took the slow path to get to the time of of next gen so 94 is not that bad so i mean it's one of those things where yeah the show can now last for as long as patrick stewart wants to do it like they open the Forever. door. Yep. <laughs> Knowing Patrick Stewart, yeah, he'll he'll be like, as long as as long as my body holds out, I want to keep doing the show. It's like okay, 
but uh, unfortunately, something that can't last forever, though, is uh, this show. We're, we're kind of coming up to the end. But I think, I think we can all safely say we all enjoyed Picard. Yes. I think that could, yeah, that could be, uh, that could be safely said. We all liked it. And one of the things that was a plus was the fact that we could have, uh, I wouldn't call you a newbie, Trish, but a novice could enjoy it and they weren't totally lost. And got to say, I look forward to season two. Uh, I'm hoping, hopefully uh, the producers are talking to Gates McFadden and being like, hey, uh, as soon as we can start producing stuff again, you free? You available? Because, come on, we need, we need Picard and Dr. Crusher together again. And what about Will Wheaton? Or just yeah, a Klingon. Sure. You know what? Honestly, honestly, yeah, I would love, I would love Will Wheaton back. And actually, for me, I would love. What would be great is if they could fit something in where uh, Wesley Crusher gets to go shut up Picard. Because <laughs> no offense to Patrick Stewart, but I think there are there are a few people out there that it's like, come on, give give Wesley this one thing, just this one thing. I mean, especially if we have like Picard with just this shock look on his face, like, what? <laughs> I mean, that 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 would that would just be really cool. But uh, but yeah. So from all of us, uh, from all of us here, uh, you know, this has been Eduardo M. Fryer. Thank you for listening to Marku Forty Two on Odyssey Radio. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Social distancing. Uh, and you know what? If, uh, if you binge watch Picard and you need more stuff to binge watch, uh, do Discovery. That may be what we do next. Or hey, go to Disney Plus and uh, binge watch Gargoyles because hey, Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirte are on it. So you know. Support, make it so. support, make it so, make it so, and uh, hang on, let me let me try and channel my best Patrick Stewart. Engage. Like I said, that's my best one, Patrick Stewart. If you're listening to this, and it and I was anything like I I didn't really make the mark at all. I apologize. Seriously, you're you're one of my idols, man. You're one of the best parts of the David Lynch Dune. Seriously, Picard and Gurney Halleck forever. I'll stop now, I swear. Marku 42's Universe is presented by Mark Baumgarten, Patricia Fryer, Eduardo M. Fryer, and Zion Kiros. Marku 42's Universe is edited, directed, and produced by Mark Baumgarten. Theme music by Thursday 2000. Marku 42's Universe, copyright 2020. This is Odyssey Radio. Talk nerdy to me <laughs> on Odyssey Radio. You are listening to Marku 42's Universe on Odyssey Radio. So that's when I told him, you know, there are certain benefits to being uh, 12 light years away from the heart of Federation space. We then toasted with the Romulan ale and kept going. Oh, wait, we're back. Okay. Ha, sorry about that. Uh, don't mind me. We're back from commercial. I uh, finished eating some Klingon food. It's currently being dragged down to my stomach, so... If I happen to have some gas, uh, you know, during the episode, apologies, because 
Dang it, that stuff uh, does not go down easy. Was it Gach? May have been Gach. I know it didn't have feet. Probably was Gach. Anyway, so, if you're just joining us here on Odyssey Radio, we have been reviewing Star Trek Picard Season 1. A little darker than uh, what you might be used to if you're a classic Trek fan, but in many ways I still think it feels like classic Trek. It's just a little not as bright, which is ironic because there's still lens flare. <laughs> Jeez. Yow. I mean, honestly, guys, I know that Abrams didn't work with this. Abrams didn't do this this uh, series, but still with the lens flare. Oy, with the lens so, flare. So speaking of um, um, violence, um, we need to, to talk about um, Seven of Nine. Ooh, Seven of Nine. I still remember when the, uh, when the show was being announced. And they showed that Seven of Nine was going to be a part of things. I was like, wow, that, that is even C, because I, it, it was called Star Trek, it was called Star Trek Picard, so it seemed like the focus would be on Patrick Stewart's character. But seeing that Seven was going to be a part of it, I was like, oh, wow, bonus. Can I ask Especially... a stupid question? Yes. <laughs> Why is she called Seven of Nine? Because she's ex-Borg. And that was her Borg designation. Like, her birth name is, I believe, uh, Annika Hansen. Yes. But my guess is, even though she's no longer part of the collective, she's just spent so long that she identifies more as Seven of Nine. It's like... Um, well, I will it's accept like, your explanation for now. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, it's like that, uh, that character, Hugh, the one who was uh, part of the Borg Reclamation Project. His board designation was third of five, but the name Hugh—that's what the uh, the Enterprise crew gave him. What I think of it is that they are—it's um, not as converted. Oh my goodness, it's assimilated in, in like groups. Of course, like of course, the Borg are um, um a, a a whole planetary group thing, but like I, I'm assuming that they take them in, in groups. So like I'm I'm assuming that like it's like first of fifth, second of fifth, third of five, fourth of five, and fifth of five it, for a group of five. Right, and, and then she just ended up being being the seventh one of a group of nine. At least that's how I think of it. That is a good possibility. The head canon that uh, friends of mine and I had was that basically Borg, like the Borg have their hive mind, but then there's kind of little groups, like little groups within that hive mind that have specific tasks or specific things to do. And then that's where you get your number. Okay. You know, like uh, Zion is two of 10. And so like your group of 10 is like in charge of engineering. So, oh, you know, that's okay. what you're doing. Something, something like that. I mean, I, I'm, who knows? I mean, this is something that, uh, you know, this is something that, I don't know, maybe, maybe the writers will come up with something at a later date, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's my theory. Icheb, the way that he was killed off was just out of uh, the blue. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, the fact that, the fact that that's the first the first time we see him is getting tortured to death, which it's a shame. It's a shame that the character got returned, you know, just long enough to get uh, to get killed off. I mean, especially in that fashion, it's it's you know we're we're talking about the darker um, aspects of this show compared to regular Star Trek, and that right there, that they introduce a uh, an old character, and it's like in his introduction, he's just getting like tortured to death he's gonna you know like, what, I, what i was thinking was that 
if you could compare this to Doctor Who, Next Gen would be like Doctor Who and Picard is like Torchwood. That sounds about right. That's a good, no, that, that's good. It ain't your, ain't your daddy's uh, sci-fi show. You know, no. it takes place in the same universe, but, you know, we're going to go hardcore. Yeah, yeah that, is, that, that is a good one. That is definitely yeah, a good especially one. When they, especially when they started, you know, using some colorful language. I'm like, oh, I that, yeah. I don't think that was in the original show. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not. I actually, I remember, I remember seeing like articles and stuff where people were like, what? What? They're swearing in the Star Trek universe? You know, Roddenberry must be spinning in his grave, which, truth be told, yeah, he probably is spinning in his grave. But at the same time, it does, it, it kind of adds like, well, first of all, this isn't the first instance of swearing in Star Trek because Data dropped uh, an S-bomb in Generations. And a double dumbass on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the colorful, yeah, the, uh, the colorful metaphors in Star Trek Four. There you go. I don't, I don't, I'd almost forgotten about that. But yeah, the, they're, they're, this was not the first time. Seeing like a couple of F-bombs that, yeah. That was kind of like, whoa, wait a minute. Holy cow. Yeah, um, yeah. and um, they dropped it twice, like a- a episode after episode, too. Yeah. Like yeah. out of 10 episodes, we have what? I think three. So technically, a 30% of enough bomb isn't really that bad. But personally, like, I don't know if like families still, still watch Star Trek together. But if this is a question for y'all, I'm guessing, if you, I guess. Um, if y'all had children, how how would you feel about you watching Star Trek with your kids and then that happened? It would be a shock. Like, it would definitely be a shock to me. I mean, I the way I was raised, it's like we watched movies that, you know, there could be some uh, foul language. But um, basically, my parents were just like, yeah, don't repeat that. You know, although it would... I, I, don't, I mean, in all honesty, kids hear worse at school. True. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of a fact that, yeah, it's kid, kids will hear worse at school, but you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, as a parent, I mean, just as long as you go, Hey, you know, don't repeat that, you know, don't, don't go, you know, don't go, you know, if like, you know, if like you're, you're having a problem in class, don't like, you know, look at your teacher and go, what effing hubris. It's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Somebody, a Starfleet Admiral may say that, but you're not a Starfleet Admiral. <laughs> At least not yet. Not yet. Yeah, I was just going to say, not, not yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing as far as like the violence, first of all, I was really happy to see Hugh show up. You know, like uh, it was, I mean, yeah, I already knew he was coming because they said, you know, that the actor said he was going to be reprising the role. But yeah, his death, I was just like, damn, man. I mean, first, first we get it, each uh, tortured to death, and then Hugh getting getting stabbed, and then basically like on his, you know, as as uh, Elnor is holding him, just being like, "How was I so wrong?" You know, just basically dying, not really feeling very good. I was just like, "Wow, that is again just really hardcore." And holy cow, you know, going out going out like that. It's like I know. Man. I was starting to get. I was starting to get anxious when, uh, yeah. when uh, Riker showed up, and I, what's the what's the name of his of his wife of? Oh yeah, Indiana. Riker and Troy. Riker and yeah. Deanna Troy. Yeah. But I'm just like thinking, gosh, I really hope that's not like 
what they did in Star Wars, where if you show up and you're from the old series, oh, no. you better watch. You better watch your back because <laughs> <laughs> you know you can get you can get off at any minute now. You know, and so I was like going, oh please, I don't want to watch this if you know they're just going to start killing off um, old cast members. You know, just to try to make you feel something. You know, well, so. although, well, fortunately, uh, fortunately, Riker and Troy are still around. Um, they did add a little bit of angst because um, in between their last appearance and um, Picard, they had a child, Thaddeus, that uh, apparently died from some disease. And if synthetics were still around, they could have done something, but. You know, unfortunately, because there was the synthetic band, Riker did get to do what I'm affectionately calling, you know, Picard's portal scene, where he shows up with uh, the Armada. Orlando. He pulled a Lando. He pulled a Lando, <laughs> yep. He pulled a, he pulled a Lando. But, uh, you know, that, that scene, actually, in the last episode, what I thought was kind of cool was that it subverted the idea of, like, a portal scene. Like, yeah, he's supposed to be, you know, here's Riker with the fleet. And it's like, yes, the day is saved. But that didn't solve the problem. Instead, you just had a Mexican standoff where the Romulans were like, uh, we're going to blow the planet up now. And Riker's like, uh, no, you're not. It's like, uh, yes, we are. No, you're not. And there's Picard like, oh, how do I solve this? It's like, we're trying to avoid the interstellar war part of this whole thing. So it was kind of interesting that we had... Riker coming in to save the day, but it's like, uh, not quite. Really not done yet. It just felt so good to see Riker with four pips just once. Oh, yeah. So good. Now, whatever that monster thing that was coming through the portal. Oh, so those weird snake-like thingies? Yeah, so technically the Romulans were, were, uh, all were correct. So does that make everything here almost justified besides the fact that that the synthetics chose not to do it but they actually had a reasoning and a, a valid point to like actually annihilate them i'm going to say no because the thing i think the thing with the uh, with the synthetics and with the um you know with that the beacon and the thing that led to the um what, what do you call it the admonishment or something yeah, destroyer or something. I don't the know. destroyer or something. Like, that's one of those things where it's like, well, first of all, the only reason that we had that there was the idea of the destroyer was because a group of Romulans picked up a message that was not for them. That the admonishment was more for other synthetics to go, hey, uh, you know, if there's bad stuff, if there's bad stuff happening to you, give us a call and we'll come help you. And, you know, if this, if the, you know, if the organics are being all like, well, we're going to kill you because you're not the same, then we're going to go back you up. You know, it was the fact that a message got totally misinterpreted and the fact that um, Soji, you know, Soji's sister, uh, I keep, uh, I don't want to say Soji. I know it's something else. Jeez, uh, uh, Sutra. That was her name. I wonder if her, wonder if her sister was named Karma. <laughs> they're not they're not that bad are they um but yeah the fact that sutra was all just well we're gonna call in these advanced synthetics and they're gonna wipe you all out because you know you're a bunch of prejudicial jerks so wipe out time 
Um, you know, it's one of those things where with the Romulans, they misinterpreted the message. And with the, with the Sutra, you know, and those that decided to follow her, it was, let's take it to the extreme. Let's take it to the, instead of the, well, we're just going to leave. It's the, okay, we're going to wipe you out. There's nobody that's like totally in the wrong, but nobody's totally right. Right. Like that, that's what, that, that's how I'm going to, that, that's how I, I would see it. I mean, I don't know. What, what do you think, Trish? I think the right decision was made, you know, like, yeah, basically, you know, shut down the beacon and everybody go home, you know, yeah. but um, I, I want to know what that thing was. It was trying to come through the portal. Yeah. I wonder what well, that was, where that comes from. And since we saw it, it's, you know, we got to, it's got to come back. Yeah. So, I mean, Hey, that there's something for season two or, season three, you know, because it's still going. Everything's still going. Do you know what I think it is? What? I think it's V'ger. V'ger. It, it um, might be V'ger. Really? Maybe, but then again, then again, because the thing is, is that the Romulans saw the admonishment, like, I think it was a couple of hundred years ago. Oh, good point. Well, time travel. But I mean, it right. could be. Yeah, it it could You're be. Right. Okay, it, so just throw the mine out the window then. Well, no. Right. I mean, it, okay. You could still be right. You could still be right. Viger could have sent the admonishment. Uh, it lands in Romulan space. The Romulans find it. Um, then Viger comes. Then around Kirk's time, Viger comes. You know, Viger actually shows up in Federation space. We got the events of the we got the events of Star Trek the Motion Picture. We don't know what happened to Viger after. It just you know when Ilea and Decker did their merging thing. Uh, you know we don't know what happened after. It just disappeared. So it could be back over in you know the the other side of the universe, simply just waiting to see what happens with with uh, with the synthetics. So you could still be right. You could still be right in what showed that those tendrils could belong to, you know, whatever V'ger is now. Until then, I apologize in, in pulling a William Shatner, but instead of the Borg, it is this thing. Here's the thing, though, because it could still be related to the Borg. And, you know, there could be a reason why. I mean, here's the thing. Bringing something back like the Borg, you know, and then having this thing with the synthetics, they're, you know... This this could be. I mean, they, there could still be a connection between everything. I mean, so, um, I I know that I know that Shatner in his books actually connected Beecher to the Borg, but there's still there's an opening. There is an opening, uh, for that connection to be like officially canon. Possibly. The door is still open. It hasn't been closed. Okay, so I have a question. Um, what is one thing that you would have wanted in uh, this season? The that you didn't get. I don't have an answer for this because I don't know the original show. <laughs> so that's fair. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of of characters or things that people would have liked to have seen come back. That's basically my answer. That I would have. It would have been cool. Like yeah, we got Riker and Troy. It would have been cool to follow up with Jordy and you know maybe Miles O'Brien. Worf, you know, uh, Doctor Crusher, like I would say, of the characters we didn't see that I would that I would love to have seen this season or even see back, 
I would love to see, I would have loved to have seen Dr. Crusher, especially because she and Picard had a connection. But fortunately, that's, that's one of the things that's great about Picard getting another season is we can always revisit these characters. And truth be told, I mean, yeah, we didn't get, there are a few next-gen people that we haven't touched base with. But there's a part of me that's like, you know what? I'm happy with what we got. Because also it's like, do we, you know, I mean, do we want like a really good series or do we want it to be like, you know, old home week? Right. Where it's like, hey, look, here's what this guy's doing. Here's what she's doing. You know, it's one of those things where if you do a good job, you could end up with what we got, which was, yeah, you bring some old characters back. We find out what they've been doing, but you've got a good story attached to it. If you do it horrible, it just becomes Easter Egg City with no real, like, big plot going on. I did let Mark out of the box for a little bit, uh, and we did talk about Picard, and he did say that, he did say that, uh, you know, he would have liked Q to make a comeback. And, you know, honestly, I, that, that's also one where I'd be curious to see what, uh, what Q would do, like, in the world of Picard. So, and, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe if John Delancey's willing and they come up with a good story, you know, he could always make a comeback. I'm going to be completely honest. I hate Q episodes. But not really? because they're bad. It's just because I just find the characters so annoying to deal with. Hmm. That well, it just, I always... It's just a drag to sit through four or five minutes of them just dealing with a... a, a a semi-god just toying with them just because yeah well i i think i would say that uh i feel like q is one of those things that needs to be used like sparingly yes like if he takes like like if he doesn't show up until season three or season four i don't have a problem with it because yeah you know he he needs to be used you need to figure out like a great like i think like i like how he was used in in encounter at farpoint and in all good things, you know, it's kind of just this judgmental thing that just is willing to, you know, lord it over what he considers to be a lesser, a lesser race. But, you know, it would be interesting just at least to touch base, you know, uh, and provided you find a great way to do it. I think, though, one thing, one thing I do want to touch on, because he's at the heart of the series, if it, you know, when one could argue even more so than Picard, or at least the same, and that would be Data. His legacy and his influence basically, um, you know, that it was all over the series. It was practically the, uh, the identity of, of the season. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, just, his, just with, I mean, there was the dream sequences with Picard, and then there was just the fact that even when we don't see him, you know, his, how he affected uh, Soji without her even meeting him. Like, you know, and just the way people talk about him. Like, for example, Kestra, uh, Riker and Troy's daughter. You know, her talking about Data and what she's heard about Data from her parents. I mean, that was, and I got to say, though, the last episode that, final scene first of all where data and picard are talking and you know data kind of reveals that picard uh gets to survive his brain uh 
his brain tumor or, or abnormality or whatever they call it. I was almost in tears. I was in tears, and it's I like mean, that, that was in tears. Yeah. And and I, I have I have to admit, I do have to admit, as I'm watching that scene, especially when Data talks about, oh, is this a simulation? I couldn't help but think of Harry Potter, and uh, and the um, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows. Like I was expecting some variation of, of course it's in your head, Harry, but why should that make it not real? Like I was, I was waiting for like the data thing of this is a simulation, Captain, but it can also be real. You know that that kind of thing. I, I was kind of waiting for that moment, but I think the the part that like all but destroyed me had to be like right after when Picard revives. And then he and um, he and Dr. Soon and Dr. Gerardi are like kind of, you know, holding that service for Data as he kind of shuts it off. And then you just have Data lying on the couch, Picard holding his hand. You're hearing blue skies and Data just like aging like that and the thing just fading. I... I was just like, damn it. Um, uh, shoot, I'm, I'm crying. Yeah. Like, yeah, it got me. You know, it's like, yeah. yeah, you know, and I don't even really have an um, emotional attachment to these characters yet. And here I am, you know, yeah. yep. crying like a baby. Yep. And it's like, and, and it's something, and it's something like, for me, it kind of reminds me of watching Up, the movie Up, because you get the first five minutes of the movie and you get that whole silent montage with Carl and Elle. And then she passes away. And you're just like, oh, oh. you're just like bawling your eyes out. <laughs> and then you get the rest of the movie. And then you get that image of the house and the waterfall. And it's like, here they come again. Here come the tears again. It's like, it, it felt like that. It's like you get this, this poignant goodbye between Picard and Data. Picard wakes up. He's in the Gollum body. And then blue skies, there's data on the couch, and it's like, and we're not done yet. But um, I was reading on IMDb that Brent Spiner said, you know, he did like, Brent Spiner has officially said he's done with data. Like, that's it. No more data. And I got to say, this scene, it feels like, it feels like a, it's, it's, a, it's a good, it's a good goodbye. It is a very good one. It's it, a very good. It's a very goodbye. And if the door is closed on Data, I'm like, you know what? This is sad. This is incredibly sad. But you know what? It's I'm I'm good with it. I'm fine with it. At least Brent Spiner can still be on the show since he played the other part of. His oh yeah, since he plays. Brother. Yeah, since he plays soon. Um, yeah. Interest. I mean, I, and it's interesting because they do have. Um, they like they do have. It's one of those things where, like, yeah, he plays. It's the door is open for it. I mean, they they kind of hint that soon had had done that. He had created the golem body for himself. But um, you know, but whatever is afflicting him, we don't have a time like a time frame. So it is still possible for him to come back. Uh, who knows? We may have to have, you know, the death of soon. So it'll be like, well, grab the tissues. We're going for it again. But, you know, for now, the door is open 
just like uh, I think the whole thing with putting Picard in that golem body, one of the things I like is it's kind of like when they gave uh, the doctor a new set of regenerations and he regenerated into Capaldi. We, this kind of puts it at a, we don't know, like Picard is no longer dying. You know, I mean, yeah, he's, he's an old man. 94, holy crap. 94, yeah. Although, although here's the thing, because Dr. McCoy lived to at least 130 something. Okay. Like when Dr. McCoy showed up in Encounter at Farpoint, he got there naturally. Like he took the slow path to get to the time of, of next gen. So 94 is not that bad. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, the show can now last for as long as Patrick Stewart wants to do it. Like they open the Forever. door. Yep. <laughs> Knowing Patrick Stewart. Yeah. He'll, he'll be like, as long as, as long as my body holds out, I want to keep doing the show. It's like, okay. But uh, unfortunately, something that can't last forever, though, is uh, this show. We're, we're kind of coming up to the end. But I think, I think we can all safely say we all enjoyed Picard. Yes. I think that could, yeah, that could, be, uh, that could be safely said. We all liked it. And one of the things that was a plus was the fact that we could have, uh, I wouldn't call you a newbie, Trish, but a novice could enjoy it and they weren't totally lost. And got to say, I look forward to season two. Uh, I'm hoping, hopefully, uh, the producers are talking to Gates McFadden and being like, hey, uh, as soon as we can start producing stuff again, you free? You available? Because, come on, we need, we need Picard and Dr. Crusher together again. And what about Will Wheaton? Or just yeah, a Klingon. You know what? Honestly, honestly, yeah, I would love, I would love Will Wheaton back. And actually, for me, I would love. What would be great is if they could fit something in where uh, Wesley Crusher gets to go shut up Picard. Because <laughs> no offense to Patrick Stewart, but I think there are there are a few people out there that it's like, come on, give give Wesley this one thing, just this one thing. I mean, especially if we have like Picard with just this shock look on his face, like, what? <laughs> I mean, that 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 would that would just be really cool. But uh, but yeah. So from all of us, uh, from all of us here, uh, you know, this has been Eduardo M. Fryer. Thank you for listening to Marku Forty Two on Odyssey Radio. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Social distancing. Uh, and you know what? If, uh, if you binge watch Picard and you need more stuff to binge watch, uh, do Discovery. That may be what we do next. Or hey, go to Disney Plus and uh, binge watch Gargoyles because hey, Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirte are on it. So you know. Support, make it so. support, make it so, make it so, and uh, hang on, let me let me try and channel my best Patrick Stewart. Engage. Like I said, that's my best one, Patrick Stewart. If you're listening to this, and it and I was anything like I I didn't really make the mark at all. I apologize. Seriously, you're you're one of my idols, man. You're one of the best parts of the David Lynch Dune. Seriously, Picard and Gurney Halleck forever. I'll stop now, I swear. Marku 42's Universe is presented by Mark Baumgarten, Patricia Fryer, Eduardo M. Fryer, and Zion Kiros. Marku 42's Universe is edited, directed, and produced by Mark Baumgarten. 
theme music by Thursday 2000. Marku 42's Universe, copyright 2020. This is Odyssey Radio. Odyssey, dare to wonder. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.